This is the SSBI podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. Three, two, one, and here we go. Marco Russo, thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, Lars. <laughs> um, I should explain at the beginning for our listeners um, how this episode will be different from previous previous ones. Because um, I started doing these experts talks, inviting technical experts and discussing technical topics. Uh, but you and me, we both agreed, Marco, that there's a missing piece out there in the community um, giving more space for non or less technical topics and also for the people who form the community. I was always curious about the people. I always asked myself, how can people, how can you and Alberta do all this stuff? How is that possible? And of course, all the other people in the community too. And uh, this is why I thought we, we give this kind of, of talk a chance and uh, yeah, have this conversation today. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. This is exactly the same type of uh, conversation that I'm missing from not attending the conferences in this period. And uh, as I said, another conversation is also something that uh, I think is missing in general for the technical communities. Uh, this is a missing part. Uh, everybody talk about uh, technical stuff uh, or everybody talk about uh, big problems. I don't want to mention because it's not the topic today, but uh, what is missing is the kind of conversation that uh, you would have uh, in a, you know, after the conference, as we, as we were saying, or in other areas, but they could be, uh, they could reach a broader audience because uh, it's the kind of topic of uh, just because you might be curious or because uh, you could exchange ideas about problems that affect your work and your life, uh, but not necessarily uh, are so big to be discussed uh, as, you know, as a real problem or something that should be part of a session in a conference is not really interesting to everyone. Uh, and it could be a small thing like, uh, you know, the, your curiosity, how do we work uh, or which kind of study you made to do this? Uh, what, uh, what, what is the, for example, today, uh, someone that is uh, 20 years old, want to do business intelligence, what is the right path or mm -hmm. data analytics or data scientist, right? And there are, there are many, many things that we could discuss, uh, but not only from, uh, from the point of view of uh, formal education that you have to do or the products or the technology, there are many other things that, have, that are in play and, uh, and it's not an easy conversation. So talking with someone who actually do the job and uh, comparing their experience, uh, their thoughts, uh, and not just by hearing one, but uh, comparing many of them, you can get an idea, for example. And this is something that I think is in part missing. And uh, this uh, kind of format of the podcast is very good for that. Yeah, hopefully others will will see it the same way. Um, I do so. This is why I do it. And uh, connecting to the people is something I'm I'm really interested in. I was I was always curious about the people behind it. Um, one thing, and this is more or less private, but one thing I was always curious about is you and Alberto. You both got a nickname in the community. You know which one, right? <laughs> the Italians. The Italians. Just because we are from Italy, yes, and and we have an accent we cannot hide. So. Exactly, and you don't <laughs> even try to, which is which is really a nice thing. Um, is it something that bothers you, or is it something you 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 like? Can people call you the Italians? 
of course, is not a problem. It's, it's not something we advertise, okay? So it's not something we use in our communication. We try to be more international as we can. We know that we have uh, people uh, reading articles in India, in South America, in uh, Japan, uh, in Australia, in North America, in Europe, Northern Europe, Southern Europe, uh, Africa too. We have people in South Africa, but also in Nigeria or many other countries, Algeria and many, many other countries. And uh, we have seen the hard way that uh, communicating with everyone means that uh, the culture is the biggest uh, problem. Any kind, when you write an article and you write a um, sentence that uses a part of the knowledge that you have in a particular culture, you write something that is uh, that cannot be understood by people in other countries or in other cultures. And so references to movies, references to books, references to actors, they could be a problem. Even though we don't realize that in our common life, because we don't, we, we don't get this, we don't get this problem. But as soon as you start traveling, you realize the problem immediately, immediately. Because uh, you are used to uh, understand English, then you go in a culture where they continue to use uh, uh, poker and baseball references all the time. And for someone from Italy, it's all of a sudden, it doesn't mean. But if I try to use some uh, concept from uh, the football or soccer, like they call in the United States, uh, they don't understand. So that's, uh, that's a challenge. And uh, as soon as you go, as, you, as soon as you move over the Western culture, this barrier cover many other things not just the sports mm. and uh, so it's uh, so and now the Italians of course is something that probably everybody understands but uh, it's not the I mean for example we, we say in, in our videos we, we try to start the videos with a sentence that uh, is uh, you know part of uh, the brand right that you can recognize the brand so we said okay what can we use ciao friends and we thought it was international It is not. It is not. We, no. There are people who don't uh, get the meaning of ciao. Or they don't understand how... They, 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 they don't get this. But because they, they, they write in a way that is totally different. So I realized this... To, probably it's not a big problem, okay? Because it's just a, you know, a, a way to say hello in a different language. So mm -hmm. it, it is not so important. But the thing is that if you pay attention to certain details, uh, you realize that, uh, oh, wait a minute. Do you, do, Wait a do you conclude it yourself or do people tell you what does chow mean? No, no, I realize because I, I have seen in comments uh, um, that people don't get this. I, I understood from some comment that uh, they, they don't understand what the word is. And uh, even though they like it, it doesn't mean that they don't like it, mm -hmm. okay? They, but they don't get the meaning. They don't get the concept of uh, it's, it's a way to say hello. Yeah, But if you don't know the Italian culture and you are not exposed to the Western culture where Italy is, uh, a, a, you know, a style of life or, you know, a way to, to do things, uh, you, you, you don't get this. And uh, I should, you know, it's, it's a complex word. It's a complex word. And uh, so for this reason, we try to stay, I mean, while we cannot hide our accent, we always work to improve it and we always work to improve. For example, for the writing we do, we, have, we do a lot of work 
to remove this. To to for for sure. You know, yeah. And uh, we have people doing this for us to, that help us to do to do this. It's uh, the, the 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 review we do for the books uh, and uh, the articles now also on the website uh, as a uh, is is a uh, massive. Yeah, I, I can imagine. As I as I said before, we pressed record. Um, I have all your books on my shelf right now, and I. I have to confess, I was never able to read all of them. Uh, there are some that I just bought to to have them in case I, I need to look something up. Uh, and there were uh, books I was supposed to read and I couldn't finish them because of time reasons. And you wrote it. So that's, <laughs> that's really huge. Um, I not only have your books on my shelf, I also have the... And I hope my research is right. I have the book, the first tax book ever on my shelf. And it's not yours. Do you have any idea which one it is? No. Which one? It's Power Pivot for the Data Analyst, Microsoft Excel 2010, written by Bill Jelen. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember it. So, because uh, he, he, the, the book is... Uh, I think we we published our book uh, more or less the same time. I don't think it was uh, much time before the we wrote a book about power pivot for uh, yeah. Excel. Give your data uh, meaning. Maybe that uh, is close because uh, that probably we wrote the book. Problem is when you publish with a big publisher like Microsoft Press. Uh, the time, the, the, the lag between uh, you complete the book uh, and the book is published uh, is several months. Mm. So, because there are reasons for that. But uh, the, the perception I have, uh, we finished the writing in a certain date. But then there is the publishing date, which is uh, several months later, mm. which is what you see. And so for this, you know, this is the, I have this <laughs> different perception that, because uh, we actually wrote a book when the product was in beta so yeah uh, but i mean you 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 three not you both bill and you but also alberto you have been mvps back then and you have seen all this stuff before yeah, it was yeah, out but, so yes of course of course and and and, and bill certainly he's an excel mvp so he's uh, deeper in excel culture for us it was a new world so we focused on just the power pivot experience Whereas Bill has certainly a more uh, an Excel point of view on the stuff, mm. so it's uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's a long story. Yeah, I, <laughs> also the way we started writing DAX, uh, it's a long story. I I can remember um, back in 2015, I took your five day uh, mastering and optimizing DAX class in in Copenhagen, and I can remember that we both had a talk about that. It's hard for you to bring this topic to the Excel guys. So business intelligence for you is, you had already an experience of 10 years or something. I'm not quite sure. So the idea of restructuring your data and, and doing all this analysis was pretty familiar for you. But now you did not only have to explain this technical things, but also the, the concepts behind it to people who were used to write VLOOKUPs or do a pivot table. That was something you had to learn, right? Yes, uh, yes, and uh, it's also, wow, this starts uh, <laughs> a very, very broad conversation about uh, is the original uh, idea 
that Microsoft had or of bringing uh, the business intelligence uh, and call it as, as you want, data analyst, data, whatever, okay? Bring in the technologies to manipulate data to the Excel audience. This was the primary goal, hmm. was to extend Excel in a way that uh, it was uh, the hub to manage data. With Power BI, we are no longer there. And uh, does it mean that uh, Excel is out of the conversation? No, I use Excel every day. I connect Excel to Power BI every day. I do with Excel a lot of stuff that I cannot do in Power BI. And I continue to see people who try to do in Power BI something that is better than in Excel and they struggle with uh, the problem of how can I do this uh, in Power BI? And I simply say, come on, you cannot. Excel is a tool designed to do certain stuff. Power BI does other stuff much better than Excel. Then we can discuss for an infinite amount of time which way is better. But uh, it's clear that for certain tasks, Excel is better. For other tasks, Power BI is better. They can live together. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was not the initial idea. The initial idea was uh, if we put Power Pivot within Excel, we enable hundreds of millions of people to use uh, Power Pivot. Power Pivot or, you know, the technology behind that. But this created other problems and they realized that uh, there were, you know, it, it was uh, an external object put it into the Excel ecosystem and it never worked well for a number of reasons. It's too long to explain, but the thing is that uh, today Power Pivot, which has the same engine of Power BI, is way behind in features as Power BI, even though the code base is the same. And why? Compatibility. The main issue is the keeping the Excel file compatible and putting everything into the Excel file was the biggest issue here in, in, this, uh, in this design because if they had an external file with, with something that was able to be you know, loaded externally, it would have been easier to manage. But unfortunately, something went in a different direction because the market probably didn't uh, accept it. And here we come back to the initial discussion, which is, is the Excel audience the right audience for uh, people who have to manage data? In part, yes, but uh, not completely. Because I teach... DAX to many, many people. I probably have the number somewhere, but I don't. And uh, we had people coming from Excel. When, when I teach a class in Copenhagen in 2015, we had two groups of people. One was uh, people coming from Excel background. The other people coming from analysis services or, you know, BI professional developers. Yeah. Today, we have in a class three groups of people. People who use Excel, like before. people who use uh, uh, you know, analysis services, BI developers, but 50-60% of the people, they don't use Excel, they don't use analysis services, they use Power BI. Mm-hmm. And what did they use before? Oh, they use other stuff and someone come from... Uh, 
SAS, someone comes from uh, Python, someone comes from uh, uh, Tableau, because there are a lot of people moving from Tableau to Power BI. Yeah. Um, click, click you, uh, micro strategy. So, and you say, well, wait a minute, if you use those tools, uh, you should be a BI developer. Well, not really, because these tools were also designed for a kind of audience who has to manage data, but it is it does not have it doesn't have the background for creating a complete uh, professional BI architecture. So it was a sort of self-service BI mm. before a vendor decided that self-service BI was a thing. Yeah. And now you know usually the market anticipate the 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 offer, so the demand precedes the offer, and and then the offer tries to you know. Okay, oh, this could be interesting to many more people. And so Microsoft had the right technology to, to offer. They didn't have the right package. But Excel was not the right package. And the, the demonstration is that the, uh, the adoption of Power BI had a growth rate that is much bigger, much larger than what uh, Power Pivot had in 10 years. So in 10 years, we have seen growth, but not much. Power BI is impressive. Power BI is impressive. And so it's not, and it is not made only by Excel developers. And so, yes, who uses Power BI? Who uses Power BI? Also use Excel usually, because everybody uses Excel, by the way. Like, do you use Word? Everybody uses, everybody uses Word. Okay, you could use another tool to write uh, a document, but come on, Word is 90%. It's like saying, oh, there are other browsers other than, uh, sorry, there are other search engines other than Google. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, there there are, but they are irrelevant. Yeah. And not because I'm, I, I just uh, look at the numbers. I look at the visits on our website and I say, okay, we can get rid of any other search engine. Nobody, no, it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter. It simply doesn't matter. Is this a good thing or not? I'm not here to, to, to say anything. I'm just looking today. This is the situation. And trying to tell a different story. Oh, yes, but we have other, we have other engines. Okay, but if you, if you decide, no, I don't want to accept visits coming from uh, uh, the Google search engine, huh, you want to simply shut down your door and you don't want to, anyone to enter your, on your website. That's a reality. Yeah. Okay, this is the reality. Then there is what we would like there is what, where we want to go in 10 years. We don't like uh, Google having all of your, our data. That's an interesting conversation. But the reality is this. This is the reality. These are the numbers. Then uh, you have uh, just to discuss, but this is a different thing. So not uh, accepting the reality is a problem because you can make uh, very, very wrong decisions in a business. So when you are in the business, you have to, first of all, look at the numbers and accept the numbers, even though the numbers usually tell a truth that you don't like. This happens every day in my in my in my life. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you you already um, said that that your first book, this Power Pivot for Excel, two thousand ten, give your data meaning, uh, probably um, was published at the same time as the book of Bill Jelen. Pro yeah, probably we don't yeah. we don't care about one. I don't remember. We we, we yeah, could yeah. check what is uh, uh, which which tells me that you took this DAX niche very early on. Yep. Um, did 
you and Alberto grow SQL BI following a certain plan, or was it just luck to be at the right place at the right time? Uh, the, it, it, it's very hard to answer to this question because uh, um, the <laughs> this is a very, very complex answer. So let's say this. So when we started SQL BI, we actually didn't have a plan because it was just a repository for our article. And basically the, the, the initial problem was this. I was uh, discovering something in my job as a consultant and I needed to write it down because I tend to forget things. So I needed to have a repository where I have, okay, if I find this again, I, I want to be able to retrieve it. And putting on a blog post was a good idea. Now, having an area that was not just a blog because I, I wrote a blog on SQL blog initially, uh, but having an area also to download tools was a good idea. So. We, we started with SQL BI, at the, the, the beginning it was just EU, but then we found the, um, we found the .com website that was uh, um, owned by a Japanese guy that uh, was kind enough to, because he was not using it, so we, we, we have the deal to, to get this. And, uh, and so we, we got the .com, and SQL was just because we were doing uh, Business intelligence on SQL Server and SQL BI was a file letter name that was available and we used it. That's uh, the way we started. And at the beginning, I have to be honest, we were just uh, using it for doing consulting. Now, today, we almost don't do consulting. We do consulting because we need to do consulting to understand what happens in the real world, but we usually do hmm, one hour, two hours of consulting. We have enough experience. You sh per, I send you an email. Per day. And I say, okay, no, not a day. We, uh, usually people have problems and want to help. Uh, need, they need help to review the data model, to review some DAX measure that is low, or to get suggestion for the next project. And when they have a problem, usually I, I send an email saying, okay, send me this, this, and this, and this. And when I receive that data, usually I already know what is going on. Not all, not every time, but most of the time. And, uh, but I need this. We need this because uh, this way we realize what is important and what is less important in the, in the, in our world, in a, in a, in the world of the customer who are using the AXA or the technologies that are behind Power BI. And so we understand what we can do and what is less important to do. And so, this way, we drive our uh, decisions about uh, which kind of content to produce. If I had to describe what we do today, we produce content that we monetize in some way, which doesn't mean that everything we do is uh, um, behind a paywall. You can get most of what we do for free, uh, but we have a model that is sustainable and uh, that uh, can... Uh, be useful for the community. Many people benefit from what we do for free, but of course we had to pay our bills. And so we made, um, we created a system that works, a model that works. And uh, it was not the plan when we started SQL BI, clearly. But at the same time, when we see 
how we can, uh, we always look at what can we do the next six months, two years, five years. We always fail in what we can do in five years, but also two years. But uh, the direction, uh, you can steer the wheel moving towards the direction. This is what you can do. And uh, you can, the direction could be good if you understand that the trends. DAX was a trend that initially we completely you know, misunderstood. Because uh, why? Because the initial presentation we assisted in, a, I don't remember, if it, was a, it was not NDA at the time. It was not NDA. It was the first conference where Microsoft shown this in public. And before that, uh, we had a private access, but it was... So when we look at the, at the product, we said, come on, this is just an Excel add-in. What, what do you want to do? We need to create other system with other, you know, other problems of uh, data transformation, data quality, data volume. And yeah, this is a nice toy, but uh, it will never take off. But luckily, we talked with people of the development team that uh, said, well, what you have seen today is not what you should uh, consider as the product. This is just uh, the, first, uh, um, the first user interface for a new technology that is built on these uh, um, concepts. And so when we have seen the pictures, the picture that they had for the longer term, which was what we have today, they, di they, didn't, uh, they didn't know that they would have built a Power BI at that time. Mm. We're talking about 2009, 2010. Would have been my next question, uh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, the technology and uh, the ability of what you can do with that technology was uh, an interesting concept that at the time we didn't consider would have been replaced MDX, but could have been, uh, uh, you know, um, a technology that could have worked side by side with, with the technology that we had at the time. Then for a number of reasons, something changed over time as usual, things change, because... Uh, the thing is that uh, 90%, there are two things. 90% of the models can fit in memory. This is the real truth. Mm. Maybe more if you remove what you don't really need. And second, um, there, are, there is a market. There is a need of people who create short-term business intelligence models. If you look at what you do today, many people today in Power BI, they create maybe 20 Power BI files. One of them will live for more than six months. The other 19, you, you built one model, you see some data, and then you say, okay, I don't need this anymore. Because you realize that the data was not so interesting, it was not providing you valuable information and so on. What they, what, I mean, this is not a new requirement. What, what happened? Why this was not happening before? It was happening before. It was just made by using Access. Yeah. Maybe Excel, maybe SQL Server with some, you know, script and something. But now, wow, it's, it's more powerful and it enables someone who doesn't have the skills to use Access or SQL Server 
to do basically the same uh, job. And I think that here, what plays a big role is Power Query. Power Query is wonderful. It enables someone who do an ETL without knowing what uh, SQL is. And, uh, and this has also has an impact on, on our training. Because, uh, for example, at the beginning, our training was, okay, you know what the SQL is, right? You, you, know, you know how to write a SQL query. Now, this is no longer true. Many people don't... Yeah, maybe if they look or select a column from... They have an idea. But as soon as you create uh, some subquery and some join, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And so we have to think about this. At the same time, people who know SQL, when they try to use DAX like they use SQL, they usually fail completely. And they say, no, 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 no. This is uh, it's better to use SQL. Because they don't spend time trying to understand how... Because DAX is different. And yeah. So... This is just to say that uh, uh, when we have seen DAX from the point of view of the technology behind, that was not explained well in the initial presentation. Initial presentation, oh, we have two billion rows in Excel. It is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, come on. This is a joke, right? But when we have seen the technology behind, we said, okay, this is, uh, well, this is interesting. Because this, from our point of view, what was interesting at the time was that this would have been the next uh, generation of analysis services. And we were analysis services experts. So we said, okay, we have to be here. But uh, analysis services will be here in two years. What can we do in the meantime? Okay, we can start to learn DAX and the technology is the same. So let's try something for Power Pivot. This is how we started it. But this exposure to a different kind of audience uh, made us realize, wait a minute, there is someone else who can use this technology. And so, you know, step after step, we steered the wheel and we moved toward a direction where our audience was also the BI developers who know SQL, who know integration services and just need a very, very advanced, uh, detailed content. We tried to also provide this knowledge to other people. We know that we are not the best uh, teachers for someone who never used anything else than Excel. But especially, I think that the mindset is, is important. I have a formal education in IT. I have been a BI, so not a BI, I'm, I have been a developer. I, I am a developer. I consider myself a developer, mm -hmm. even though I don't write a C-sharp code much. I try to. But... Uh, um, my mindset is that of a developer. Albert is similar. And uh, so we took too many things for granted when we teach. And I know that this could be not easy for other people. At the same time, I know that trying to oversimplify certain concepts uh, provides you good uh, rating in a session. I always... I would, because. I also organized conferences uh, for uh, a few years, especially in Italy. And uh, I worked especially on uh, the rating system for, uh, you know, the, the sessions at the conference. And there is a problem here. If you ask to someone who listened to the content of a session, did you like the, the session? The metric that the audience can evaluate five minutes later is, did I enjoy the presentation? So was it uh, funny? Entertaining. Yeah. Was it entertaining? Yes. It's not funny, but it's entertaining. You're right. Um, second, did you learn something? Third, 
Can you use what you have seen in your job? Now, if you use these metrics, you are making the same mistake of the company that only look at the next quarter for the you know, stock report and the stock market because you want to provide good numbers to the stock, to the shareholder. Mm-hmm. But uh, this way, you can drive in the wrong direction. It could be good in the next uh, two, three, six months, but uh, you could start to make mistake uh, that uh, will create a technical debt that you will pay in uh, two or three years. Think about this. If, you, if, I, if I provide you a best practice and you use the best practice all the time and you don't... Marco. So we're we're back in the game. Um, let me let me uh, remind what you were saying. Um, yep. You said that additional information from the SQL Server Analysis Services team that Power Pivot is just the first interface for this new technology yeah. Yeah. made you be aware of it at all. So. If you didn't get this information, you wouldn't have dealt with DAX until SQL Server 2012 where Tabula was introduced? Or what did it mean? It could, we could have delayed it for one month, six months or one year. We don't know. Yeah. It's always hard to, because you know, you know what you did. You don't know what you didn't do. So sure. if I, maybe that I would have had an idea the day later or one week later or whatever so hmm. or maybe we could have moved to another technology who knows um, it's, it's hard to predict the thing is that uh, once we realize that the impact that uh, the technology of uh, the, the tabular technology not just uh, dax but uh, the tabular technology would have had a, a big impact on uh, on the ecosystem the Microsoft bi ecosystem then uh, because we were already uh, fully committed to that ecosystem, we knew that we had to follow the technology. There was no choice. Sure. Even though the technology would not have been adopted, okay, but we still have the one that is adopted. So it was just a way to keep uh, us up to date. And then, of course, once the technology took off, we have seen that there was uh, an opportunity in uh, the training area and in the consulting, of course, And over time, we reduced the consulting and we increased the time for uh, the training, but actually trying the time to produce content. Uh, because we like to produce content, we just have uh, this uh, paradigm where you produce content in your free time. And so you say, how can you do this? Uh, how can you write all these books? But the moment you find a way to make it a full-time job, you have to find the right business model, but actually it's something that... Uh, Uh, is sustainable. But one thing that made it sustainable, the market was international, not just Italy or Europe. Hmm. But what I understood about writing books for, uh, not by self-publishing, but for someone who publishes for you, and now I missed the English word, um, doesn't bring you a lot of money. Isn't it that way? I thought writing books for Microsoft Press is a good thing for your Uh, for your marketing, I think I think that uh, it depends on what you mean by big money. Uh, we have uh, books uh, published for Microsoft Press. We have books that we self-published, but the driver for self-publishing is not the money; 
is the control mm-hmm. we, and the freedom. The freedom not to... The freedom we have with tax patterns is something, is something that uh, there, are, there is no publisher in the world that will publish a book of articles that are available for free yeah. on the web, period. <laughs> yeah. We do this and people buy it. Can everyone do the same? No. But in our business model, it works. Is the revenue coming from the book enough to sustain our business? Absolutely no. You cannot leave uh, writing books about technology. I mean, there could be exceptions, but uh, they are exceptions. It's like, uh, can you become, um, can you make a living by playing uh, football? Yes, you can. But only a very tiny fraction of people can afford that. Because hmm. uh, the larger number of people cannot. So in order to be able to make a living of uh, something that you like very well, you have, you have to find a way to make it working. Or you have, in certain areas, you have to be very, very, very good and fully committed to that. Uh, you cannot imagine that just because you wrote a book in, our, in your free time, uh, then you, you become richer because... Yeah, but yes, it, it could be an additional income. But it's not free. You have to spend time. Now, if you see the, if you see the problem from the perspective of uh, if I go self-publishing, I can earn more as royalties. Yes, sir. But uh, exactly. How can you do the job required to achieve the same quality of a book published by a professional publisher? It requires either time or you have to put the money to fund the technical review, the editorial review, and, and many things. Now, of course, the, 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 the book publishing world is full of uh, publishers that are not producing uh, good quality content. We have a long example of that. And, and it's also a market that is becoming uh, irrelevant because uh, the new generation don't read much and they prefer watching videos. Hmm. And it is funny because uh, the video has, uh, uh, I mean, the video is very good if you want to see how to do something uh, practical, right? Where is the UI to do this? <laughs> the video is much simpler rather than uh, describing the procedure step by step in a book sure. with the screenshots. Many it screenshots. takes more time yeah. and it is boring and it is not effective. The video is much better. But when you want to learn how to write, uh, let's remove DAX from the equation or MDX. Let's talk about uh, Python. You want to learn Python. You want to learn uh, another programming language. Can you learn by watching video? You can get an introduction by watching a video. But then you have to practice. And there are many details you will never catch from a video you will catch from the, you know, facing the problem when you hit, uh, you know, you, you write a code uh, not in a good way and then you learn by making mistakes, which is a way to learn. You make mistakes, you learn. Usually, who wrote the book uh, made the same mistakes uh, before you. So if you spend time reading the book and looking at all the details in the book, uh, you have a chance to reduce the friction and the time required to achieve a certain level of uh, knowledge. Hmm. It's up to you. Is it for free? Come on, no. 
Yes, the book is less expensive, but you have to spend a lot of time reading it and assimilating the concept and, and practicing. I still think that uh, the depth you can get from a book, I talk about technical books, especially for those parts that uh, require attention to the details, like in any programming language or DAX or also Power Quid if you want. Uh, well, a book is, can go deeper than a video. Uh, there is no, no comparison, no comparison. But the market wants video. Of course, we provide video and we try to do this in a good way. We try to not to replace the book. We, we, at a certain point, we say, okay, this, this thing, read the article or read the, the because it would be very boring to, sh to show property by property what you have uh, in the properties of uh, a measure or come on, it's not something yeah. that uh, you are really interested to. But sometimes it's interesting. If you want to explain certain things, you have to, you know, these 10 pages is boring. You have to read it. Sorry. If I if I tell you this in a video, you don't get anything. So you have to start it. Sometimes it has to. For the concept, for assimilating a new concept, the video could be great. The video could be, you know, the entertaining part of the video could be very, very good. And I and I always watch people who produce video in an innovative way so that they, you know, introduce uh, some idea of entertainment. Uh, Edutainment is the word, right? Education with entertainment. So it's very hard. It's very, very hard to, to do edutainment. Is, wow, it's very complex. But is, if you produce good content, people like it. I'm not a good entertainer. I know that. I don't even try, probably. But I know what technically would be necessary to do that. And so we can try. We, we, we will probably fail, but... <laughs> um, I'm, I'm definitely someone who needs both versions of the content. I, I have your videos and I have the books and to get a quick introduction, the videos are perfect. Seeing you doing all this stuff while you're doing it is great. But as you, as you say, uh, when you have to go into the details, the book is preferred for sure. Yeah, that's my, my thinking. Um, When I entered the BI world, I'm an Excel guy. Um, I started with Power Pivot in 2011, I think. Uh, and honestly, in the beginning, I totally misunderstood what it was about. Um, this Power Pivot thing, this naming thing is, is really confusing. In the beginning, you think it's, it's about a pivot table, but it's not. Uh, it's a good marketing thing. Um, when I entered this scene, you were already... Um, a public speaker. Um, can you remember the first public talk you had probably in Italian um, that you gave and how it felt like? So there, there is a... Yes, I remember. Um, I consider the first talk the first... Uh, session in a conference even though technically the first talk is the first uh, training i gave in a classroom but uh, but it's very different mm -hmm. so having a so it's very different from my point of view having a, a class with uh, 10 20 people that you stay all day long uh, you talk uh, you go to lunch is is one thing um going on stage uh, with uh, 
from 30, 40, 50 people to 100, 100 or more that you don't know, you don't, you don't have any, any relationship connection. You may know some face, but actually you have uh, people that are stranger in front of you with the lights, uh, the stage, uh, the distance between the people is a totally different experience. And I gave a talk about uh, debugging in... Uh, C-sharp or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly. No, sorry, sorry. It was not C-sharp. It was... Uh, C-sharp was still to come. It was 98, 99. So it was something about uh, debugging with uh, Windows or C++ or something like that. Or C. I don't, I don't remember exactly mm -hmm. the talk. I should... Certainly it was in Windows and debugging. These are the two terms. <laughs> and... Uh, and yes, it was... Uh, it, was uh, it, used, it was new to me, but I was already used to talk... Uh, to people in a, in a classroom, even though it was a different experience. So it, it was a step, you know, another step in the, you know, and it was in Italian, of course. Uh, at that time, I, already, uh, I was already give, giving a training and uh, I started in, I don't remember, too many years ago. And, uh, and I, I started with, uh, with the, the, the topic that I knew well, which, uh, which were development with Windows, with uh, C++, uh, uh, C, Windows 32, the API, COM, uh, and, and other stuff like that. And then, uh, in reality, at the same time, I was working, I, I, I was working with uh, data, with uh, relational databases, uh, and then I started to work with uh, data mining, now called uh, artificial intelligence, or formerly called data mining, uh, decision support system, then called the business intelligence or however you want to call it. It doesn't matter. It's always the same thing. You have data, you want to display some report, you want to make some analysis, you want to produce, a, you want to aggregate data, doing filter comparison, all the stuff that we do today, nothing different, just different technologies, but the principles are the same. And uh, because I was interested in that part, uh, I moved also in a training because uh, when uh, what was the name? All Observer was uh, introduced in the market by Microsoft because uh, I was a Microsoft trainer. I was the person who knew something about this because for the Microsoft audience, it was a completely new topic, but I already had the background of uh, Data Warehouse, Data Mart, and so on because I was already working on that with other technologies. I was uh, working with Oracle databases, uh, but I've I never, I never been an expert about Oracle. I was working with other technologies that were extracting data and uh, producing report and all the stuff that we do to, today with Power BI, they were possible uh, many years ago with other technologies. Mm. Of course, it was more expensive. It was uh, slower. It was... A line chart is a line chart. Come on. <laughs> yes. A line chart. It is probably chart. is. And today... And, and even back in 2011, you, you speak in front of larger audiences in a, in a language that is not your mother tongue. Uh, yeah, which, which, which development did you take from being a speaker in, in Italy in your native language to speaking internationally at, at conferences like SQL Bits? Or am I right? You, you are also ta uh, uh, talked at um, MS Ignite and, and conferences like this. Yeah. You raise the bar and you work. So, to me, it was a challenge because uh, I started studying English uh, 
very late. I started studying English at uh, 14, when I was 14 years old. I never spoke any word of English before. Mm -hmm. And I actually, the education, uh, English education in Italy is not good at all in the school. And the other issue we have in Europe, in the larger countries like Germany, Spain, Italy, and France, we dub movies, which means that this is a completely stranger for an audience of American, but also in Northern Europe, they don't understand the problem. Mm. They say, why you have this uh, strong accent? And if you think about this, the Spanish, uh, French people, Germany, they usually, not, not everyone, but they usually they have a strong accent, very recognizable. Why? Because they are not used to listen uh, English. Yeah, they just read books, and, but as you said... Um, and the TVs. easiest way to do that, yes, the easiest way is to watch uh, movies, uh, cartoons when you're very young, And but if you dub everything, you're not exposed to that. Mm. And uh, and so this uh, was the initial, you know, the initial starting point. Luckily, when I started to code, every kind, you know, the content was basically in English. If you rely on uh, the trans translated content, you were we were always uh, one or two years behind uh, the evolution because the time to translate is, you know, technologies, the technologies evolve in the meantime, so it's very hard. So I had to learn how to read English at the beginning, then how to listen English, and then I had to speak English because I wanted to communicate with other people. And so this uh, required uh, uh, learning English when you are uh, already over 18, and uh, it's uh, not as easy as when you are uh, 10. It's very, very hard. Hmm. And uh, so I spent time studying, practicing, and uh, until I reached the level of confidence that was uh, good enough to talk uh, to an audience, even though if I listened to my you know, sessions 10 years ago, I say, wow. <laughs> 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 no, it's... Uh, I, but I know that also today, when I, when I, for example, I, I have um, someone that uh, works with us that uh, has the role to, you know, stress me with uh, the pronunciation. Because uh, when you when you reach the, the biggest issue is that when you reach a certain level and people are able to communicate, nobody says, "Oh, you know, you're this is not the right pronunciation," because they understood, and so they don't care about. Uh, saying, look, you should improve this way, you should yeah. not make this mistake, and so on. So the improvement at a certain point is very hard for two reasons. First, because you are lazy. You say, well, they, they listen, so why should, I, why should I improve? Most of the people do this. And the other problem is that nobody tried to tell you what are the mistakes they are, that you are making. Yeah, partly because they sometimes think they offend you. Not everyone yeah. wants to be corrected. This is why I usually, when I when I talk to a native speaker, I had this with uh, Matt Arlington recently, um, I always allow them or tell them, correct me, I want to improve. And I, and I, I always thank them when, I, when they spend time, uh, their time, their valuable time to tell me what I'm making wrong because uh, it's the only way I can improve. I, I don't have any other way that uh, people saying, uh, look, this is, uh, this is better if you do this, if you do that, and, and so on. So... But it's it's funny that you mentioned that you basically learned English while dealing with these technical topics in a uh, yeah in English. Um, I always say with Power BI, I learned three languages: DAX, M, and English. Because it's the same <laughs> with me. I am from Germany. Uh, our TV is in German language, 
Yeah. Um, it brings the disadvantages of having um, a much smaller vocabulary and not knowing how the words have to be spoken. And um, yeah, you have to deal with all this. And because all this stuff was only in English available, uh, I had to deal with the language and listen especially also to your videos at conferences. So, <laughs> Which is not English. <laughs> <laughs> this, this hybrid style of Italian and English. But yes. it, yeah, it brought me closer to that language for sure. Yeah, for example, this is one reason why we um, we invest a lot in uh, in the subtitles. Uh, we make sure that the subtitles are better than what we say. If you look at the subtitles we have, sometimes we 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 fix what we said when when the pronunciation is very bad. The, the subtitle has a marker to to highlight that the subtitle is better than, than what we said. So we have to edit the subtitles to do that and uh, and. Uh, we know that uh, it's a good investment because sometimes uh, I realize that this was not uh, this was not pronounced well. Come on, so okay, we I never checked that out, but it, it's funny to know. Yeah, if you if you have a doubt, just activate the subtitles, yeah. and you can see the right word. And we do this also for YouTube uh, for the videos on YouTube that we do. Yeah, cool. Um, because you say YouTube, um, I, I noticed that um, Alberto and you did this uh, very short interesting YouTube clips on DAX. So three to five minutes, um, just to give you a quick intro to a topic, uh, which I find really, really uh, beneficial. Um, and when I remind your videos, there's always a shelf in your back with a couple of books on it. Mm, which videos? The videos on YouTube, you say? or Yeah. Uh, last time when you said, oh, nobody noticed that there was a couple of Dax Parent books behind me. Ah, uh, no, okay, okay. This is, okay, this is, uh, okay. So, no, I ask this because uh, we have uh, several videos that we produce. And uh, actually, many people think that uh, we started uh, recording videos because, uh, um, you know, we had the pandemic, uh, COVID, uh, yeah. no travel. But... The reality is that it's just a coincidence. We we wanted to start a YouTube channel more than two years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, we actually found found because the problem was that how can we create something that is sustainable? Because uh, we we wanted you know we need a plan. We need a we need a goal. We need a plan. We need a, you know a strategy, and so we had to we had to think about how to obtain a result that uh, was uh, good for us what, for what did we do and uh, we started recording videos uh, let me think in September 2019 you know producing videos that we would have put on on, on YouTube okay so most of the videos that you have seen uh, during the pandemic were recorded before okay because of the pandemic, of course, we had some restriction because usually we prefer to record the videos uh, in uh, uh, an environment where we have other people recording, so not just in the classical homemade stuff. Even uh, those five-minute videos for your for your YouTube channel? Most of them, yes. Okay. Those. So if 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 you want to know, if you recognize uh, the if if you see uh, just a monitor and a person speaking. Uh, mm -hmm. 
we recorded those uh, videos uh, in a professional environment, yeah. means, meaning that uh, there are other people uh, recording, watching, you know, we have uh, a setup with other people helping us recording. And usually we are together, I and Alberto, when we do that. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is productivity. We, we can produce uh, in a day uh, several videos that uh, then we can, uh, you know, publish later with, with yeah. a program and, and so on. And also the quality, so we don't have, because we don't have to think about the quality of the video and, and other things. So this, this, you know, this creates a, a lot of content that we can, uh, we can distribute. At the same time, uh, this was also a, a way to start because the problem is that now we are starting to produce video also in other ways because nobody really need that quality of the video, right? Because you could say, you, you could say, Marco, come on, this is not necessary. I understand. But the reason why we're doing that is not for the quality of the video, it's for our productivity, which is a totally different problem that you don't have, but we have. Mm, got it. Then once we have uh, an environment that is good enough to do a, a certain type of videos, of course, we can extend uh, this. And this is what happened in March, April, May, and so on, 2020. And uh, of course, we are now, we have more time because we are not traveling because certainly we are producing more content uh, with that format. And at that point, you will see that I have a different environment in Alberto because we live in different places uh, and uh, we, we work in different environments. And so uh, the, the, um, the location that I have, that I prefer to use is the location that you have seen in my videos where I have a, a library behind me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's because uh, it's the only place that is acceptable in a video. We don't. We tried a chroma key green screen, and we didn't like the result. And uh, I would like to to be, you know, to stand up presenting. It is not possible in my in my environment, also in Alberto ones. But this is what we do in the other videos. For example, in the other videos, we are uh, not uh, sit down, and we prefer when we teach to 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 stand up. But we don't have the right place here to do this here, and we cannot adapt the, the, the office where we are to do that. So we have to adapt what we have. So a few videos are in a way, a few other videos are in another way. Alberto has a different setup, for example. And we are experimenting, finding other ways to, you know, to improve things. And certainly we will try to evolve in this direction. But uh, I forgot the initial question, which was... Uh, um, I... I... Didn't ask the question yet. Um, yeah. I was uh, referring to to the shelf behind you and the yeah, books yeah, on yeah. it. And, yeah. Okay. 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 Um, I, I was going to ask if you have um, two or three uh, must have must read books to being able to yeah deal with this Microsoft BI world. Oh, Some yes. you didn't I write mean, yourself, please. <laughs> yes. Um... The first book uh, that everybody should have is uh, the Kimball book uh, about uh, the dimensional methodology of Ralph Kimball, which uh, technically has another name. Uh, if I, I think we can provide a link uh, in the article. Is sure. the, um, the book where he... Actually, he ha- he wrote several books, but there are two books the that Data are very Warehouse important. Toolkit. The Data Warehouse Toolkit is the most important one. Uh, there is also another book that is uh, uh, really interesting. If you like, uh, there is another book about uh, data modeling. Is the dimensional something? If you let me check. Do you mean Star Schema? 
Yes, but uh, no, is uh, the, 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 the dimension of the toolkit, uh, the data warehouse toolkit of Ralph Kimball is already good uh, for the description of the star scheme and the theory behind that. Uh, the, 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 the complete guide to dimensional modeling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the two books are, one is the, the, the data warehouse toolkit. I, I think this is the, you know, the foundation. But another very interesting uh, book is uh, the, yeah, the complete guide to dimensional modeling. Probably yes, the complete guide to dimensional modeling mm-hmm. because it's different, and uh, and that is uh, like a, a set of patterns that you can use. But anyway, and it's technology independent. Totally, totally. The, actually, they mentioned some technology that was uh, used at the time, but. Uh, it's a book that has no time because it basically the concepts that are there are still valid. And every time, every single time I see people saying, oh, now with the data lake, uh, we can get rid of the data warehouse. I just say, <laughs> <laughs> you're completely missing the point because you're thinking that the, the data warehouse is a technology issue, is a methodology issue. And you know, when you try to replace a concept with a technology, you are completely missing the point, completely missing the point. Mm. Um, another book, so you asked me for three books, yep. right? So the first book is uh, the Kimball one. The second one is uh, the um, Give Me the Numbers of uh, Stephen Few. Everybody should read that uh, book if you are in uh, uh, the Power BI world. And the funny thing is that uh, that book is not available as an ebook. Yeah, he doesn't pop- by choice. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I know. You know that. Show show yeah. me the numbers. Uh, you're show me the numbers. Yeah. Show me the numbers. Show me. Sorry, I I, I forgot. I missed. Um, when I when when I hear you talk about uh, developing your business model and um, growing SQL BI, um, to me it sounds like you became more an entrepreneur than being an IT consultant. Um, anymore you, you're both definitely but how do you see yourself what weighs more that's a good question because uh, the funny thing is that uh, and this this would be you know another another post podcast by itself but let, let's focus on just a couple of things the first one is that uh, i I'm not interested in becoming an entrepreneur in the classical sense. And let me explain why. I already had my company before with employees, with, uh, you know, the standard organization that everybody think. When you think, when you think to a company, you think about uh, people, offices, uh, hierarchies, uh, employees. Uh, and when you think about a consulting company, you need customers, you need people working with the customer sales uh, or you have products, you have to, to do the marketing and you have all this stuff. But basically, the company in the classical term is that the growth of the company is a growth in number of people in the company. This is the main driver for growing the company. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I had a company before. Alberto had a company before. Before, in my case, before I even started uh, doing uh, teaching. In, the, in, in Alberto case, uh, he, uh, yeah, he stayed in a company a little bit longer, but uh, more or less, uh, we, 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 didn't, we, we knew each other, but we didn't work together at the time. And for different reasons, we left those companies and uh, we started to work uh, as you know independent consultant. But why? 
Because uh, believe it or not, managing people is not my business. Yeah, that's what I hear if from you, many people, yeah. If you have a company, if you want to grow a company, you have to manage people, a classical company. Mm. And uh, for uh, that uh, reason, uh, sorry, you have to manage people, one. And second, you no longer do what you, what you love did initially and in this case it's also what i love because if you put the two things together so i don't like to manage people and i love uh, what i do in the technical stuff now this is a terrible mix because how can i combine this because i i have to don't I, I i have to i had to stop doing what i was loving doing and i had to do something that i didn't like doing this doesn't mean that i was not able to do that Hmm. It's it just the problem of uh, I, I didn't like to do that, which are two different things. You can be successful in doing something that you don't like. Yeah. Usually it is harder. It is easier to do something, to, to be successful in something that you like. But nothing stops someone to do something that they don't like. But the choice I made is that, okay, that's enough. But I have seen how is the life there and I'm just not good doing that. Okay, I'm not good doing that. I can be better doing other things. And for this reason, I made, I made a different choice. So uh, Alberto is similar to me from this point of view. He will tell you a different story for, from many perspectives. But at the end, we had a similar, you know. And the main issue for many consultants, they want to become entrepreneurs. They want to become uh, managers of other people. We don't care. We already did this. And if you didn't, if you don't have the experience, you have to try, of course. So, like many things, you have to try before. If someone else tells you, ah, it's not so funny like you can imagine because you imagine, oh, you're the boss, you had a big room and uh, you make decisions and so on. But the reality is very different. Uh, but if you don't try, you don't know. So you have to try because we already tried. When people ask, uh, why you don't get uh, consultants? Why don't do this? Why? Because they continue to think to the classical company that we are not totally not interested in doing. We, we are interested in something else, which is what we do. And, uh, and, uh, and so we, 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 we are following a different direction. The knowledge I have of my previous experience and the knowledge I have from the business work, because you know what? What made me successful in the consulting of business intelligence is not my technical, my technical knowledge, but is the ability to talk in the same meeting with the very technical people in the company, hmm. the DBA. I can talk with him. I can talk with the same language that he has. I know his language. I can talk with him. I can also, we can also make jokes together. But when the CEO starts to talk, I understand him. And I can talk in a way he can understand me. I'm not, I don't pretend to say that he enjoy my company like the DBA enjoy my company because probably I, I have more jokes for, for the DBA rather than the CEO. But at least he can, he can see someone that, oh, he understands my language. I can talk with him. Yeah. He he doesn't tell something that I don't... I know that I don't have to provide technical terms he would never understand, for example. 
And this ability to talk to the business world and to the technical world, which is part of my background, part of my experience, part of my interest, it doesn't matter, is what made me successful. So, yes, I know that once you remove, uh, I'm the manager of other people and you create a, new, a different business model, then of course we are able to think in an entrepreneur mode, which doesn't mean that we have to become managers. I've worked before um, I, I uh, yeah, build up my own business here. Um, I worked for a, a couple of companies and making a career has always to do how many people, That's... people you lead. Yeah. And yes. I, I always doubt if that should be the only way. Of course, making a technical career, being just better than yesterday, knowing more, learning a lot, uh, creating better solutions in a shorter period of time, that should be a career too. And usually people don't see it like that. Usually this is not meant when people talk about making a career. I, I Okay, so... I think there is something I have to tell because uh, it could be important for some people that listen to this. Uh, I interviewed the people, especially for other companies, so because I have a technical knowledge, uh, other companies that had to, you know, they were looking for uh, a person who was, uh, you know, the the tech with a technical role. Okay, with a technical role, they started to do interviews and whatever. But you came a point where you have to make a decision also based on the technical skills. Mm. And so uh, they said, okay, you are able to understand whether they are just faking their experience or not, which is true. I, I talk with someone, I can tell you, you're not, uh, you're not good at what you're doing. Uh, come on, don't, don't, don't stop talking. You are just uh, you know, destroying your reputation if you continue to talk. Or no, uh, this guy or this girl has uh, very good skills. And now, during the interview, um, of course, I, with a conversation, I can get an idea about your technical expertise today, which is important up to a certain point. What I consider important at the same level, if not more, is the attitude and uh, the the way you keep yourself updated. Now, if you live in the IT, so if, when people make a choice, I want to do, uh, I want, I want to have a job in the IT. You should be aware that you will have to study for the rest of your life, and if you don't like to study, just choose another career, choose another area. Don't do IT, don't do developing, don't do anything that has something to do with uh, the IT world. Because in the IT, everything you know today will become obsolete in uh, five to 10 years. Totally obsolete, mm. totally. Is the reality, again, is the reality. I'm not just saying, I'm just saying, think about the people who were using, uh, um, I don't know, the novel uh, LAN, uh, many years ago, before we had uh, the TCPAP network, or think to the, you know, the, we, I could continue for hours, but the technology evolves, and you have to, to keep yourself updated. Now, the first, the one important question to me, when I asked to a candidate to say, how do you keep you updated? And uh, 
Answers like, uh, I don't have time. My employer doesn't pay me to go to, go to training uh, or uh, any other, you know, similar explanation. Tell me you don't care, which is a problem. Because now there is a second problem, is that uh, if you live in the IT, you have one asset, your knowledge. Mm. Your knowledge is the only asset you have. If you don't invest in your knowledge, you are not preserving your asset. You could be the best expert in the world of what you have today. But if your idea is that, oh, now I can just live you know, with what I know for the rest of my life, I will not hire you. Sorry, guy. Because I know that in uh, two, three, four years, you, have, you will have a technical debt. Exactly. I had, when I moved out from my company and I started uh, from, you know, I restarted. I resetted my, my career and said, okay, now I'm a consultant. The first problem I had, I had a technical debt of three years. It was huge. I had to, you know, learn a lot of things because I was just managing people. And so I didn't care about this. And you know what? When you are a manager, you're much easier to replace. Your asset is limited. <laughs> yeah. Your asset, this is something that people don't realize. What is the unique capability of a manager? Managing people, vision, business, entrepreneur could be happy. Elon Musk is a unique entrepreneur. He has a vision for many things. Yeah. He's amazing. When you go, you know, one level below, you say, come on, we can replace you. Who cares? Yes, relationships are important. Uh, network is important. Uh, knowledge is important. The ability to manage people is important. But at a level that you are, you know, the market wants you. The market wants you if you have uh, an asset that is uh, hard to find. And so it's valuable. For example, a football player has a, a high value because he is able to, you know, play very well. He's able to make your team stronger and, and many other things. But uh, there is a price, right? There is a level and there is a price and that's it. So, but they have an asset and over time, this, the value of this asset decreases. The value of every of these assets decreases for people in IT they, we are lucky enough because this asset does not decrease quick enough. And if you invest in your knowledge, you can keep this value at the same level, or it could be its value could increase. I'm not talking about IT now. I'm, I'm talking about economy. I'm talking about economy. How do you think you will retire? You will retire when you, you know, earn <laughs> enough money that uh, even though you just work uh, two hours in a week, you can earn more than the, your pension because your asset is so strong that you can get a lot of money if you want. If you want to just stay on the beach and with a drink, that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying that you cannot, but what we see today, when I, when I started my career, it was impossible to see people with gray hair, gray hairs in, in, in the IT because they were doing managing stuff. But now we start to see people that actually, when, we, when you see someone that has experience in the IT, they have, and they are up to date. Oh, come on. You listen to their, their sessions at the conference. They have a lot of experience. They have a lot of talent. Their value is huge. Yeah, or, they just, want to lose a, or they just know how to develop COBOL. 
Yes. <laughs> but if they, again, if you if they know how to develop COBOL and at the same time they know uh, how to implement Kubernetes, for example, wow, that's a person I want to talk about mm. because the, he has a knowledge and has an experience. It's amazing. So he can solve a problem uh, much easier than someone who never faced that problem before. They're the value of their asset, their brain, is much higher than anyone else. So what this is what the, this is the thing. From the point of view of an employer, this kind of resources, I don't like to talk about people calling them resources, but in this case, talking about the knowledge they have, we can use this term. So the resource in that case is very valuable. It is a very valuable asset if we talk about economics, right? Yeah. And 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 and. Uh, and this is the right thing to do. Having preserving your knowledge is what is important. The moment you put yourself in a position where this decision is made by your employer, employer, you are making a big mistake. You need a plan to preserve your asset. And if you don't have a plan to do that, you are in the wrong sector. You are in the wrong job. You are in the wrong place. Don't do that. Don't do this mistake. If you are in IT and you think that your employer is not providing you a good education, you need to find a solution very quickly if you want to stay in this business for a long time. If you are younger, you need to know this thing before you realize that it is a problem. Before you realize, oh, my company bankrupt, and now I don't have a job, mm. and, and this is a problem. Not having a job and not having an idea about the technologies used by the world that is looking for people that don't, that are not, usually companies are not able to find skills. And uh, so there are people that are, that don't have a job. At the same time, there are companies not finding people skilled enough. And we can talk about uh, how the, comp how much the company is, you know, is willing to pay for the right skill. But this is another problem. But in reality, if you, if you are in a position where you don't have a skill and you don't have a job, you are in a very bad position. If you, don't, if you have the skills and you don't have a job, then we can discuss about what, what, how far are you willing to move to relocate in case you don't find a job. That now with the coronavirus is also another problem But because uh, you can work uh, remotely, most of, most of the companies, but... Uh, this is very important. This is very important. People have to realize that uh, if you are in the IT, you have to continue to study. You need a plan. That's that's a fun topic for me because, um, as I said, I, I worked for 11 years as a financial controller, not as an IT guy. And um, I was used to have employers who did not invest much money in my education. So I had a private budget every year, a certain amount of money, I, I can't remember, 1,000, 2,000 euro a year uh, that I invested in myself, in reading books, buying videos, uh, attending classes myself, uh, which the, the good thing is you decide which classes you want to take uh, because you decide in which direction you want to develop and not your employer does. Of course, I would have liked my, do, uh, my employer to pay that and uh, so it's not my money, but uh, it wasn't like that. And... The fun thing is when I noticed Power Pivot and understood what it is and also understood that the concept behind is so different from, from what I have ever seen before, um, I changed my contract with my uh, employer down to 80%. And every Friday I sit at home and read your books and a couple of other books to, to digest this new technology and 
to get the opportunity to work in a way I want. In that case, you already made a decision about, uh, you know, probably making a different, you know, making a big change in your career, yeah. right? Because uh, you probably, what I'm saying is that uh, also in, the, in your, uh, you know, even though you don't think to change the company, this is something you have to, to be concerned about. And uh, I can tell you that many companies don't understand this. But at the same time, I also have seen many people on the part of the uh, employed people that don't uh, fully understand that uh, and I expect that uh, the employer has to provide everything and uh, yeah probably probably you know there, there is a problem on both sides I'm not saying this uh, that, that, that the problem is exi doesn't exist I'm not saying that the problem doesn't exist also on the side of the employer come on there are many companies oh for example I <laughs> in our position and I will never tell you any name but it's funny to see the companies that invest in education because because we provide training now i understand what are the companies that invest in education and what are the companies that don't do that even though they sell they do okay that's interesting there are companies i will never mention any name mm -hmm. that sell the idea that they invest in their resources i don't like the word but yeah get the people point. but uh, it's uh, absolutely false and uh, yeah that's uh, you know i don't uh, i we cannot uh, start uh, you know uh, fight on this uh, with uh, with but the idea is that uh, the the yeah that the problem is that there are companies that do that. So we cannot uh, generalize and saying, oh, all the, this kind of company just uh, sell fake. No, this is not true. Um, there are companies that invest in their people. Uh, there, there are companies that don't do that. And the customers who get the services from this company sometimes are not aware of the difference. Hmm. They should. Yeah. They, are missing they the should start to they should start to understand the difference between uh, getting services from a company that uh, is selling you a value from a company that's selling you time of people that don't necessarily add value to the company. So this is something that uh, still today is a mistake many companies are doing and is a big cost that uh, could be saved. So when you look for uh, saving cost, that's an important. Because the cost by itself doesn't mean anything. It's always about the return of the investment. So sure. you have a cost, you have a return. So it depends, right? So it doesn't matter what is the cost by itself. What matters is what is the result. And for this reason, for example, I always hated those companies that where, where a controller was saying, uh, oh, the cost per hour is too high. <laughs> I simply don't care. Yeah, it's very uh, short-term thinking, yeah. <laughs> I simply don't care. Because at the end of the day, if I... <laughs> I never say I have never seen, never, ever, ever seen a single company producing a report describing this number, a public report, mm. right? A public report. Who cares? The problem is cost revenues. These are the two numbers. Cost per hour doesn't matter. Who cares? How many hours we spend? We don't care. We care about uh, what is the cost, what are the revenues. If I had to spend more, but this enables me to 
spend less in other costs or increase the revenues. In both cases, I increase the margin. And this is my goal, period. But I think that the, the concept was clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I have um, I've built up too many budgets myself as a financial controller so that I know how the process works and that people have to take care of the money spent in a company. But um, from from the concept you're talking about, it's, yeah, sure for... Um, yeah, because the problem is at a certain point, you lose the, the you know, you, you become a victim of the, 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 the internal, internal procedure, right? You, you create a procedure and then you, you just look at the, at the number, you, you, you follow the rule and you, you no longer think about what is the meaning of what you're doing. Hmm. So you're just saying, I have, to, I have to keep down this. All the companies that do that uh, in the longer term are not going anywhere. And I look at the longer term. So in the longer term, uh, if you just wanted to save that, uh, you are losing uh, the most valuable resources. You are losing uh, the value. How this company could be better in 10 years is impossible. It's simply impossible. Yeah, if, if knowledge of your employees is the only thing you sell, I don't get the perspective of not investing in it. No? I think this is not limited only to that. Uh, today... Every company needs uh, IT. I believe that uh, fully outsourcing the IT in many companies is a big mistake because uh, I can outsource uh, part of the process when I don't have the skills and I don't have the, a reason to, or I don't have enough incentive to attract a full-time employee for a certain role. Because sometimes the problem is that uh, you know what? If I try to hire someone, I cannot get the best here. Imagine you have to your website. If the company is big enough, maybe you can get a full-time uh, uh, web designer. But for that kind of process, probably I, I need ideas outside. So collaborating with someone that can bring me you know, value here makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the business intelligence... Uh, Wait a minute. This will be here forever. And the knowledge about uh, the processes in the company is not something that is easy to transfer. Providing this knowledge to an external company is not exactly a good idea because you will become hostage of that company because the cost for involving another company would be too high. It's a much better idea to have uh, an internal team in the company then we can decide one person, two, three, a team, ten. I don't know. It depends. It depends on the company. It depends on anything. But having someone internal to the company that has the role of being the primary lead of the behind the company or a team if the company is larger is a much better investment because they can choose the right partners to implement the technology. But they have the knowledge and they don't have to be, you know, to be scary about uh, changing the technology when the times come and how many companies made this mistake a lot in traveling i realized that uh, successful companies fast-growing companies understood that i have seen in many different countries companies where uh, i was amazed by the number of people in the team but they i understood that they were they had the right vision 
they understood that, that there, there was the knowledge that enabled the growth of the company, right? And other companies don't have this. Maybe, okay, you can say, oh, but this company is, uh, you know, in this field where uh, the market is established, uh, we cannot grow more than 1% per year. Maybe. But I have seen also mining companies that are not exactly something that is uh, quickly growing. They said, oh, we can save millions if we invest in uh, BI, and uh, they do. So be careful. There are no sectors that are immune from uh, getting benefit from the right uh, IT and right business intelligence. Hmm. And, and companies I worked as an employee, I've seen uh, co whole projects, whole IT projects, only stuffed with external people. So they, they build up all the stuff and then they left and all the knowledge was gone. Um, you rely on the documentation and you know how things are documented usually. And uh, I know. yeah, then people are being left with what is a, what's the product. And uh, yeah, that shouldn't be the way to go, I think. I'm just saying that it's not, uh, it's, it's not the best decision. And I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not saying that it cannot work. I'm saying that uh, if someone care about uh, the cost per hour, that is a stupid decision at that point uh, and so <laughs> if you if you are checking the you know the bill of your employees and you put a limit uh, on the cost for the taxi and the hotel and all this stuff uh, and then you hire an external company to do a giant you know a big project that then 20 per 50% of the time fails uh, Company is not going to is not doing well because employees are not happy, and consultants are, you know, go stay there for one two years. Then then another company enters. Uh, that kind of company doesn't have an identity, doesn't have a, a good brand usually. So, uh, I have seen this mistake uh, all and all, you know, many times, uh, and uh, I have too many examples and I cannot discuss, but it will be funny. <laughs> um, even though you're already sharing a lot of your learnings from, from your experience um, as a consultant and as an entrepreneur, um, if you could go back 10 years into your own past and teach your younger self one piece of advice, it doesn't have to be business or even BI related, uh, what would that be? Uh, it's, um, it's hard because uh, the problem is that uh, it's a complex question because uh, it's easy to to say, oh, I will do this, I will not do that. Because uh, with the knowledge we have of the future, uh, it's easy to make a choice. And the same way, we, we will be rich. If I knew what happens uh, one hour before it happened, I would be rich, right? Because I will invest in stocks. Uh, yeah. I would bet on sports. I would, I would get, I would just uh, spend the time counting the money. Or not, not even counting, spending the money. Not even counting, <laughs> spending the money. What would you spend it for? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not fan of. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, 
traveling, of course, traveling. I, I like travel. Mm-hmm. I suffer now that I cannot travel, of course. Um, but I, 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 I usually don't travel the way many people travel, so that's a complex discussion too. And uh, but, but I like my job because I, I am able to not only visit places but uh, know the culture. Because when I stay with the people in the class or outside, or it's a unique way to visit a country because it's very different from just uh, you know you go in Sydney, you see the Sydney Opera House, and uh, you see the bridge, uh, you say you see the rocks, uh, you see. It's a different thing to see the differences between people who live in Sydney, people who live in Melbourne, in Melbourne, understanding that they, they are different, that they don't like each other and all this stuff that uh, you can only understand if you live there for a few days, one week, two weeks, one month. At the time I spent there, uh, I spent there one, one month for the last, uh, every year for the last three years, I think, mm-hmm. before. And so you could use it to see and the same for the United States and the same for other. So it's, uh, it's very interesting to, to be able to know the culture. So this is something that, uh, of course, is, uh, is very interesting. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I would, I would spend, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's one of those questions you, you don't really know how to answer. Um, so it's, it's hard. So if, if I go back in time, I could uh, try to, you know, accelerate certain processes that uh, were good and uh, but actually it's impossible to do that so the real question could be did you make a choice uh, that uh, with what you have seen now was clearly wrong and you could have you know predicted it was wrong way ahead then probably 10 years ago no but if we go much earlier in the past Maybe, yes, maybe that I could have realized that I should not have uh, uh, kept the company for a... I could have made the decision of leaving my company maybe two years before, for example. It was clear hmm. that uh, I didn't like that. So I waited probably too much to, to, to take the decision of leaving the company I had, for example. This could be... But, but, but in this case, I can tell you, look, if I go in the past, there was no reason to do this uh, two years before. Because at that point in time, it was clear that it, I was doing the wrong thing. It was not because I, you know, what I have seen after that. Because with the knowledge of the future, it's too easy. Sure. And it is also, we can say a lot of things. Oh, I can, I can, I can bet on this uh, event, and, and I can win a lot of money. So it's the same thing. Is um, I think it's it's fair enough to say um, I, I like the position in which I am right now, so I wouldn't change anything. Um, I, I ask I ask the same question um, um, Adam Saxton he said starting YouTube two years earlier or start YouTube now yes. so th- that's clear in his position that's something um, I don't know then he would probably have uh, half a million of, of subscribers or something um, but in this in the case of Adam the thing is that uh, is, is like what I said of, of my company he knew that was the right thing to do when he started, yeah, and he dropped it because uh, he had other priorities, and so he regret that he didn't uh, trust enough his gut feeling. Mm. That's the problem, right? When when you not just the gut, I don't like the gut feeling as as a concept, but uh, the vision that he had, or the vision that I could have had. Is, is not something you invested enough. You didn't believe in your vision for some reason. And so the, the thing is that uh, 
sometime you realize that uh, I can tell you one thing. Now I remember. It's a very technical thing, but uh, yeah, go ahead. A few people in the in the audience can understand. In uh, 2015, uh, sorry, in 2005, uh, Microsoft released uh, a new version of Analysis Services. That was, uh, even though the technology was the same, multidimensional, but it was very different from the previous uh, generation. So let's say that today with Tabular, we have the third generation of Analysis Services. We had the first generation in 1999, uh, yeah, 1999, yes. Then we had the second generation in 2005 and the third generation in 2012, mm. which is still what we have today. So these are the three generations of analysis services. Now, when uh, Microsoft released the second generation, the market uh, didn't have uh, a client that was good enough for the capabilities of the server. The only client was Excel, but Excel consumes only a fraction of the features of analysis services multidimensional. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, it was clear to me, very clear, that uh, there was a market for uh, a tool, even just uh, for a developer tool, to create MDX queries and to, you know, a better development tool or query builder tool, put it the word you want, that would have improved a lot the ability to create reports or improve the models or many other things. At that point in time, I knew someone who already made something that was a good starting point for this. So to me, it was clear that uh, well, we can do this tool, right? But at the same time, Microsoft uh, was uh, moving uh, toward other direction where they were buying ProClarity and they had uh, uh, technology WPF in .NET that were new. And everybody, everybody would have said, come on, Microsoft will do something like that. Come on, we'd... they will do that, right? They didn't. But uh, when uh, I realized that they didn't, it was too late because it, it was uh, almost 2008, 2009. And uh, at that point, uh, it was, uh, you know, we were already coming close to tabular. And, and so again, so the problem is that uh, sometime I had, uh, this is, I had other similar moments, but th this one is very clear to me because I knew the features, the product, uh, the market, uh, the people who were able to implement the technology, because it was, uh, but I, I, I knew everything. It was just, uh, okay, put all the pieces together and build a tool. And then, okay, we could try someone. Uh, probably I didn't have the same uh, access to people I could have today to find uh, investors or something else. I had to be honest. That, that was also another thing to consider. But it would not have been impossible. And so at least trying was, um, was, uh, was, was possible. And, but uh, but uh, I assumed that Microsoft... Uh, would have done uh, the right thing. And my assumption was wrong. And uh, I made this assumption other couple of times on minor things. 
I no longer do this. I, I know when I, and I, I, have, I have very, very, very strong ideas about the mistakes that Microsoft is doing. I had the ability to tell them this directly. They know that. And, uh, but uh, but uh, big companies can make mistakes. Just because they are big, uh, it doesn't mean they don't make mistakes. Uh, the ability to implement a project depends on uh, different things. The, the, you know, the clear vision, uh, the team, the people, their skills, their ability to deliver, and their long-term commitment. When I see that this is not uh, practical or not true or driven by the wrong uh, reasons, uh, I know that uh, they will not be able to do what they say. And I, I know exactly what... Uh, I, I, now I understand where, where Microsoft is reliable, is reliable on the very complex things, but on other things, mm, don't trust too much. When they say, oh, we, we do that, uh, try to understand the details. Try to understand if it is true or if they're just, uh, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Microsoft because it's the company I know, but uh, sure. this is true for every company. Uh, this is not, I mean, I love Microsoft. Uh, I think the Microsoft technology for business intelligence is uh, the best that we have in, in the panorama of uh, the business intelligence. I will, otherwise, I would not work here. Mm. Uh, at the same time, as any company, as any big company, they make mistakes. Big companies make mistakes. Small companies make mistakes. The thing is that the mistakes made by a company like Microsoft in a market like we, what we have means that there are opportunities. And this is true for every company and every market, by the way. So if you know the market, if you know the company, if you know, you know, you may realize, okay, there is a market that is created by this uh, effect that is not covered by what they are doing so we can do this better. Mm. And uh, my regret today is that I didn't believe in my vision at that point in time. I knew exactly what would have been the right thing to do, and there would have been a market that would be still alive today, because the number of uh, deployments of multidimensional is still huge. So that tool would still be in place. You know one, one tool that many people download from SQL BI? Which one? MDX Studio. MDX Studio is a tool that many people, because it was written by Moshe Pasumansky that now work in Google. So the website where he was hosting this was shut down. And so we said, okay, we, we can host on our website. <laughs> it's typically, it's a, you say, oh, MDX is that. No, no, we see the numbers. Guys, don't make this mistake. It's still silly news, clearly. Um, if you have to invest today in a language, investing in MDX means that it is uh, complex and the market is shrinking. Yeah. But a big market that is shrinking is still a big market. Don't make a mistake. <laughs> there are still people using it. Now, in 10 years, the market will be smaller than today. And clearly, it's not a good idea to invest in, on something that is shrinking. Okay, So I, I'm not crazy and I say, oh, now we invest in that. No, I'm not saying that. Oh, I'm saying that uh, an investment made... Now, 15 years ago, would have been a good investment, and today would have would see other five years of uh, market probably, because there's still a market there. But on the on the other hand, you say you regret that you didn't believe in your own vision. But on the other hand, if Microsoft would have come up with a solution one year after you invested money and found investors and and 
put in all the work needed um, wouldn't have been good. Yeah, but the elements were clear that they were, they were not able to do that. Okay, I, 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 I mean, I, you, you are right. If you look at the external announcement, you are right. But in a world where you have access to the beta releases, uh, you can see the development now. Microsoft shares uh, the the plans for the next six months, something that they never did uh, a long time ago. It's much easier to do that. And so today. Of course, I will not disclose anything, but it's very clear where Microsoft is investing and where Microsoft is not investing. Mm. So if you if you are able to understand what they say, it's clear. It's not it's not even a, a secret. Which means that they are doing because they have priorities. They invest where they have priorities. Which means that because they cannot cover everything, they don't have infinite resources. They leave a gap somewhere. And so, but this creates opportunities for smaller companies that can say, oh, wait a minute, here there is a market that is small enough for Microsoft, but is big enough for me. And here is where, especially if you have a small company, you have to look at this. Because again, in the Microsoft ecosystem, you will never, you will never be bigger than Microsoft. But in the Microsoft ecosystem, there is a lot of space for, for, for many companies, mm. many companies in terms of products and terms of services. So there are many things. And probably it's the same for every, every company. I'm just saying that... Uh, in this particular case, this is the example that I provided you. Um, it was clear with the knowledge I had at that time that there was a gap that was not uh, covered. And by digging a little bit more in the technology, it would have been clear that, for example, my mistake was not realizing that the ProClarity acquisition was... Uh, uh, was not providing a technology improvement. So basically, the technology that they used to build ProClarity was uh, a technology that was not uh, easy to migrate uh, to the Microsoft ecosystem for a number of reasons. Uh, they used the Delphi, they used it so, but, but not impossible, by the way, not impossible, but not easy. Which means that you th there was no particular advantage in the acquisition other than getting the customers. So the real acquisition from Microsoft was getting the customers and removing a possible competitor in the area of the clients for uh, analysis services. It was a big mistake, by the way, because they didn't, uh, they weren't able to, you know, take advantage of the technologies they develop and the product they develop. They simply put the product as a part of the, you know, business line and then they, but it didn't work well. So basically it didn't work well. But it was not uh, hard to predict. It was uh, the blind trust uh, to the Microsoft power that was uh, obfuscating all the details that were clear. Uh, if I, when I say I had a vision because it, nobody was, uh, was uh, providing the tool and was not even planning the tool. But the problem was that, okay, but if Microsoft invests that, uh, they will certainly do that without any evidence of that, any. Now, if they buy um, a company like ProClarity, it's clear they are not developing that product. There are two reasons why you buy a company. You get the technology, you want to remove a competitor. Mm. But if you are strong enough, you don't buy the competitor, you destroy it. Why spend money? Unless you want to get the market. But the market was not so big. It was a, an interesting market. 
But the market for ProClarity was a minimal number compared to the numbers of Microsoft. So there was no reason. So they were buying ProClarity mainly for the, the technology. But this tells you one thing. They don't have the technology internally. And if they don't have the technology internally and the technology gap means that they still have to build it from scratch if they want to use the new technology that was coming out. Remember, at the time, nothing was on the internet, for example. So they don't have an advantage in doing this from a technology perspective. So a company that was moving quickly would have been in the market uh, with the right timing. And uh, just because, oh, but this is Microsoft, this is, and you're scared. It's just uh, not doing, uh, you know, clear analysis of the, of the fact. Something that, uh, as I said, that this, if, if you ask me, I, I regret that I didn't trust me enough to actually realize that uh, an, a, a, a fear without evidence was stopping a, a rational analysis with evidences. Hmm. That's, that's my regret. Yeah. If you have evidence, you have numbers, you have all the data, you need other data. Just because I don't, we always made this way. Uh, these are too big. I don't care. Give me number. Give me the numbers. Then we talk. Just the gut feeling. Uh, this doesn't work because I feel that it doesn't work. It is. It's not a. You know, it's a conversation at the bar. But when you have to make a business decision, you keep this out of the door, please. That was the longest answer to the question. <laughs> What would I you know. do differently? No, but this is no complaint. It's 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 amazing. And I'm. Um, I said in the beginning that this is an um, experiment. This is something new that we want to try. And I'm really really sure. And I don't know what other listeners will will think about it, but I'm really sure this kind of topics have space in the community. And I'm really really happy that we both decided and agreed to do this together. And um, yeah, for me, it was an amazing ride. Following your ideas is really a challenge and a good thing. And um, yeah, I can only say thanks for, for taking the time, for sharing the knowledge and your experience over the last, how long are you doing it? 20 years, 21 years. Uh, I don't, I don't. Do ni ni 90, <laughs> you, you said you started in 99, <laughs> so it should be 21. No, yes. no, yeah, the, the BI, yes. The second life, yes. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> very, very cool. I hope this wasn't the last time we, we sit together. Of course. And I hope that uh, we have other chances, especially maybe in a conference. I, I need to travel some sometime. Yeah, <laughs> so ho hopefully I hope this, to be able to travel again soon. This COVID thing will be yeah. over one day. I'm pretty sure we'll take uh, a couple of uh, further months, but um, hopefully at the end of 21, we're, we're done with this. And uh, yeah, I, I wish you all the best. Stay healthy. Uh, and uh, you too. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. See you. You're welcome. Thank you very much, uh, Lars.